Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> hey, Chris, how are you? Good, Esther, how are you? I'm stepping on you, but anyway, um, this is one of our end-of-the-year podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah, getting there, coming to the end. You know, it's always... Everybody's having a, a, you know, I think there's so much pressure on people to think that Christmas, you got to do something really special. And uh, for those people that maybe have lost loved ones this year and maybe don't feel like they want to celebrate Christmas, we just we just understand. And um, we thank you for listening to our podcast. Exactly, exactly. And so we're going to try to save you some money. That sounds like a good idea. Well, for sure, for sure. We need to save money nowadays. That's for sure. All right, so why don't we talk about some of the things that people can do um, to reduce their tax liability. And they're really, let's face it, only a, a couple weeks left before that happens. Um, the first thing we want to make sure, maybe it's not going to reduce your tax liability, but it certainly would if there's a penalty, is if you don't do your R&D, right? Right, right. Your required minimum distribution. Uh, you got to make sure you do that because the IRS penalizes you 50%. Five zero percent of what you were supposed to take out. So if you were supposed to take out ten thousand, they could hit you with a penalty of five thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, now there is relief with that, right? I mean, if there's a good excuse, you know, my spouse was in the hospital dying, da 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 da, that kind of stuff. Uh, we have seen that that they will waive that penalty but you certainly don't want to you certainly don't want to go on their good graces because with them hiring an extra 87,000 IRS agents this year it looks like they're getting tougher not easier (laughs) yeah yeah you you gotta make sure and which leads us to you know your business you could still write stuff off from your business but you know you want to make sure you have the receipts because again they're hiring all these agents and who knows what it's going to bring, you know, more audits, you know, they say it's only for people who make over $400,000, but I can't see them hiring 85,000 people for that. No, and that kind of goes along with the 1099R. So explain about that. K? The 1099K? Okay, yeah, 1099K. Yeah, the 1099, that's our, we were talking RMDs. Um <laughs> So the 1099Ks, that's, that's you know, you get money from Venmo, uh, Zelle, any other type of electronic payment systems like PayPal, you will be getting a 1099K if you have more than $600 transferred to you per year, not per item, per year. So you get... A hundred bucks a month from mom, well, that's twelve hundred dollars. You could get a ten ninety nine k for it. It doesn't mean it's taxable. You, you know, you have to report but it. Some, but, but that's the interesting thing. If you take a look at at everything the IRS has written about this, it sounds like the assumption that they make is that you were in business. Right, right. It's up to you to prove otherwise. Right. And that, that's going to be the fun part. where, And that's where record-keeping is so important. I, I mean, I think we've kind of all enjoyed 
um, maybe a more lenient IRS lately because basically they've just uh, done matches between what they receive uh, at the center and what you put on their tax return. Now that's still true, but now with this 1099-K form, uh, the assumption is going to be that you're in business, which means they'd be looking for a Schedule C and in most cases an SE as well. Right, right, right. And it's up to you to distinguish gifts from family to to being a true business. Right. And there that's where record keeping is so important. You I think uh, a log uh where you put that you received X amount of dollars and you can just say mom's monthly money for me going to college or whatever you know, so that they know that this came from your mom to you and this was a gift and it's not taxable. Right. And I know like with Venmo, you can, you put down what it was used for, you know, what the money transfers for. So if it is from mom a gift, she should just write your monthly gift so you can print out that log and you have it. So, you know, just. Okay. So, so looking at your end, Finalize business gifts. Make sure that if you haven't been so good at keeping track of receipts, you change that. Um, that's really important before the end of the year. Um, you know, and don't, don't, you know, we said this before, don't, don't just go out and buy a new computer to save money on your taxes. Do it if you need the computer. Because if you spend $2,000 on a computer, even with the self-employment tax in New York State, you're at 40%. Well, you you saved $800. That sounds great. But you also just spent $1,200 you didn't have to. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think that's one of the things that people get, they always get confused on. They go, I don't want to make any more money. It's going to put me in another tax bracket as if all of the extra money you get is going to be fully uh, paid to taxes. That's not the case at all. Right. Anytime that you can make money, make money. Definitely. Definitely. You'll always be further ahead. All right. So let's talk about other things you can do. Uh, Kind of, we thought about maybe selling, losing stocks before the end of the year to offset any um, uh, large capital gains that you have or qualify dividends that you have. Uh, the other thing that you can do is you want to take a look at if you if you lost money on cryptocurrency, which it sounds like that whole house of cards is coming down. Right, right. I mean, I just had somebody earlier today. We're doing tax planning and, you know, he goes, am I going to get anything from Robinhood this year? I said, did you sell anything? He goes, I don't think so. I said, well, do you have any crypto? Because it's really crashing. And, you know, he goes, oh, like maybe a hundred bucks. I said, well, okay. You know, but if he had more, he could have sold it to help bring down his income because he could have claimed a $3,000 loss on his tax return. Right. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Um, A lot of people made a lot of money with cryptocurrency and a lot of that money that they made is on uh, on paper. They on paper, they thought they were going to make a lot of money. The the thing is now there it may not be worth at all what you think it's worth. And so you have to really be careful because you might want to take harvest some of those losses right now. Right, right. That's for sure. I mean, it's on any of your losses. Yeah. And, yeah. But especially in cryptocurrency, because it, you know, the whole thing is just really a problem. Right, right. 
Yeah, that's I've said that from the beginning. It's imaginary yeah. money. You know, it, it, didn't it make you crazy, Chris, when you'd have people that came in and they go, oh, I'm really excited about cryptocurrency. And you think to yourself, what is, you know, it really was on a dream. It was like, I agree to do this with you if you agree to do this with me, but there's nothing to back it up. Exactly. It wasn't um, federally protected. There was no nothing. regulations. It, it, yep. You know, you had to be careful. And there's people who invested a ton of money of in money. it. And, yep. you know, I mean, just think of all those stupid um Crypto mining factories, how much money got put into them for making those supercomputers, you know, and if it goes bankrupt, what are you going to do with these computers? <laughs> yep. It's absolutely true. Absolutely yep. true. So, okay. So sell losing stocks. If you got cryptocurrency, that's basically looking at going into the dumper. If you can get rid of it by the end of the year and you had paid $10,000 for it, you'll be able to take a loss of almost $10,000 against other capital gains or gains of stock or, or qualified dividends. Otherwise, you have to carry it forward at $3,000 a year until it's used up. Correct. Right? Yep. Um, okay. Another thing you should do is if you still got maybe one more paycheck to go to put money away in your pension plan. Right, right. You can still load up, you know, a lot of people, but I only do 3% or 4, 5%, 10%. You could tell them a dollar amount. You could say, take the whole check and put it in there if you right. can afford that, you know, but which would help. And the reason you would do it, it would help bring down your income for the year. Right, right. So if you were able to put 2000 away, for instance, and you're in the 40% tax bracket, you just saved $800 in taxes. Right. You know, which is nice. Oh, yeah. Any money you can save is a good thing. All right. So. And then here's something that's just more of a word of warning. Don't forget, if you collected unemployment from New York State this year, and we tell this to people every year, they will not be sending you a form. They will not mail you a form. They're not going to email you the form saying how much you made in unemployment. It's up to you to go get it. Right, right. You got to request it. Yep, either call them to get it mailed to you or you go on their website to print it up. Right. Yes. So that's the other thing. And then kind of going hand in hand with that is don't rush to get your tax return done unless you know you have all of your tax documents. And if you know you're missing a W-2 and you say, well, I'm just going to send it in without it, that is really a stupid thing to do because you're just going to either hold up your refund or number two, cause you to get a, a bill with penalty and interest. Yeah, and it's worth it to wait that extra couple weeks to make sure that you have all of your tax documents in place. Right. And not to mention, they could get you for a 25% penalty for fraud. Right. By not reporting it on your original return if you have a balance due with it. But the thing is, too, not just with unemployment, but how many other, you know, you all your banking, you know, you think of your bills. Would you like to go paperless? And you say, yes, your tax reporting document is going to be delivered paperless. to you. Yeah, paperless. So you can't be waiting. Oh, it hasn't come in the mail. I guess I don't have to claim it this year. That's not how it works. Right, not the way it works at all. And, and then here's another reason why you'd want to wait a couple weeks. All right. The, the IRS isn't even open for business till around the 20th of January. 
So if you get your tax return all on computer on the 5th and you don't have all your stuff, they're not even processing it until the 20th of January. So by then, if you get that other return, you'd have to do an amended return. So believe me, it's best to just kind of hold your horses and make sure that you, you got what you're supposed to get. Correct. Correct. Yep. Have a checklist. You know what your sources of income is and just check it off when, when something right. comes and then, in. And just, and just because they don't send it to you, just like Chris was saying, it doesn't mean it's not taxable. Yeah. Yep. You know, like a lot of the end, we talked about stocks. A lot of the stock people are now, it's electronic and you have to go online and download your 1099B or your DIV, you know, so you got to be careful. Right. All right. Then moving kind of along here is let's say that you still have money outstanding from last year and you really can't afford to pay it. You had health issues, lost your job, whatever. There is a remedy if you're really unable to pay your tax liability. Right, Chris? Right, right, right. Um, There's a couple things you can do. Um, The first is what you hear on TV all the time. It's settle for pennies on the dollar. And yes, they actually do that. It's called an offer and compromise. Uh, You have to prove that your liabilities are more than your assets. And so we got to look to see if you own a house. And if you do, what's your equity in the house? Do you have a 401k or an IRA? Because they they would want money out of that before they do the offer and compromise. Uh, They'd look at your income versus expenses. You know, so they really do take a deep look into you to see if, if, they Before can, they forgive everything. Right, right. And then you have to be good for five years, right? Correct. You have to be current and you have, you know, I mean, I know we just had somebody the other day come in and Tiffany sat down with them and said, okay, you know, once we do this, you have to be current for five years. And and she's like, oh, can we wait till after this tax season? Because I don't think I'm going to have the money to pay them for this year too. Yeah. And, and that really brings up a good point. If you're somebody that finds yourself behind the eight ball every year, you have to change the way you're doing things. Right. Right? I mean, yep. maybe you don't have to change, but I'm going to tell you something. If you don't change, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon, you're going to have a garnishment. You could lose your job. Your insurances are, uh, you have to pay more for car insurance. Your credit is ruined. So if you change what you're doing, you won't continue to get what you got. So you want to make sure that you modify that. Right. I mean, in essence, this is a bankruptcy for the federal government. Right. That's exactly right. You know, they they want to give you a fresh start. They want you, you know, because it costs them to collect money from you, too. And, you know, they'd rather get some now than none at any time. No, so, at all. Right. right. And then the other option is, you know, you could be uncollectible. You know, we've had people who were working and they became disabled and they owe the IRS. So now they're only on Social Security disability and the government will take that as, you know, oh, we you have no money to pay us. So for next 10 years, we're going to check your income. And if it stays where it is, we're going to just forgive everything. You owe us nothing. So, Correct. you know. Okay, so now... All right, so that's the offer and compromise. And I'm going to tell you, again, if you have an outstanding liability, unable to pay, we can help you, and we do it for 
one-tenth of what everybody else charges. Um, the other thing is if you have if you have loved ones in a nursing home and they are private pay patients, the state of New York charges the nursing home what's called a bed tax. And inside of that gigantic fee that you're paying, uh, 15000 a month or whatever it is, you're paying a 6% bed tax. Well, if you're paying 15000 a month, that's $180,000 a year. You have a refund coming of about $10,800. Only. Form IT258. Right, right. And if you don't do it, they keep the money. Yeah. And it's your money. Yeah, they're, they they don't say. So, hey, hey. Know, I, I had a client that said to me when I, last year when I was doing that, they said, "Well, why? It, you know, it all goes to Medicaid anyway." But this person had passed away, and so that was after all their bills were paid, and so the ten thousand dollars refund that they got went to the estate, and they were the estate. Oh, there, there you go. There yep. You go. Um, of course, gifting, for those of you that uh, are generous and looking to maybe whittle down your estate, gifting this year is limited to $16,000 per person per year. But starting January the 1st, it goes to 17000 Right, right, right. So, you know, and I just had this conversation with somebody. They should, you know, because if you go over it, you have to file what's called a gift tax return. I think they need to get rid of that word tax on that and just yeah. call it a gift return. Mm-hmm. And because really think about you have to be worth over $12 million right now before you would have and an estate. January, it's all 14 million. Yeah. Right. Right. So, I mean, there are some people who are over that, but the majority of taxpayers are far from hitting that 12 or $14 million figure. So if they just did a, gift return i you know i don't want to say more people would be more honest but i think they would be open to tell us that they gifted that because they think right and and obviously if you're now they're going to reduce they're supposed to do it take a look at estate uh the unified exclusion and move it down here in i think 2026 but um right now that's the way it is and if you're somebody that's planning for a nursing home Right. You want to make sure that you're going to be able to go on Medicaid. You think about this. You could get sixteen thousand dollars December 31st and seventeen thousand on January the 1st, which is thirty three thousand dollars per person per year. So if you had four people to give it to, you could eliminate one hundred and thirty two thousand dollars worth of income worth of assets rather. And so as long as you stay healthy for five years, you could be you could be pretty well assured that you'd be able to get help getting into a nursing home. Right, right, right. I know what was I think it was one of my classes, somebody goes, I remember Esther saying, make sure you have at least six months worth of money to be a private pay. Because then you're guaranteed to be in a nursing home that you want to be in instead of one that's picked for you. Right. Because if you're strictly on on Medicaid, then you have to take whatever nursing home is going to let you uh, land there. And some of them aren't, aren't the best. Right. And, you know, I've been telling people to make sure you consult not just a lawyer, an elder care lawyer. Somebody who knows the field, because I, how many times have you had clients that said, oh, my, my daughter's friend who, who 
is a lawyer, a real, a real estate lawyer. He helped, he helped me do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know the law. And that's one thing you want to make sure your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. Exactly. Right. Because right. you're, the one, you're the one that's going to be in that bed at that nursing home. Yep. Yep. And you know, people are, oh, I don't want my kids to pay for me, but if you do it wrong, they're going to have to give back the money or do the, you know, selling the assets. To, you know, you got to be careful and make sure everything's done right. Yep, absolutely. All right. And then the last thing I had kind of on here is obviously if you're single as of the last day of the year. So if you're married all year and you got a divorce this week, um, then you're considered single for the whole year. But if you are maintaining a home for a dependent, then you move from that filing status single to married filing to, excuse me, head of the household. But a qualified individual would have to be your child, your brother, sister, lineal uh, uh, descendant. Lineal descendant, yeah. And if you maintain a home for them, all year long, and they were, especially somebody younger, considered to be a child, then you could possibly get the earned income credit and the head of the household. Right, right. And and parents qualify, too. And parents qualify. Now, parents could qualify for head of the household, but not for the earned income credit. Correct. Right? Correct. Right. And don't forget, you not only get the earned income credit on the federal, you get it on New York State as well. Yes, yes. You know, and I mean, how many filing status, you know, we have people who say they're head of household because they bought a house, you know, yeah. and that, do you have children? No, but I'm head of household. No, you're not, not for tax purposes. Right. But, or how many people do you have, you know, where they come in and they say they have three children and they make $8,000 and you, do you have anybody else living in your home? No. Are you on public assistance? No. And you want to, you know, they think they should be head of household. But, you know, the behind the scenes, your brain's going, I think they're fraud. You know, how can they have three kids living on $8,000 and have no public assistance, you know? Right. And so by even if you just mark them single, well, nothing. You know, and I will tell you, uh, I've said to them, well, if I were writing a book on how to do what you're doing, would you mind letting me know? Because how do you support a family of five on no income? Right, exactly. I mean, how does that happen? There must be somewhere that you're getting income. Yep, yep, yep. But don't you find that the IRS is almost just turning a blind eye on some of this stuff? Well, I think with COVID, yes. Prior to COVID, no, they were they were on top of it. Yeah, now, but again, going back to what we said in the beginning of the show, eighty five thousand new agents. Yep. So that's something they can look at. And if you get caught doing a fraudulent filing status to head a household, they're going to back away your children. And if you got earned income credit, that means earned income credit fraud, where you could lose that potentially for 10 years, even if you legitimately qualify the next year. So do you want to take that gamble? I, you know, I wouldn't. Yep, that's for sure. Well, I know, we and we won't do the return. Right, right, right. We, if we think it's fraud, we, we won't do the and return. And you know what? And that's... We want to do everything legally possible 
to make sure that somebody doesn't overpay their taxes or to make sure that they get any credits that they're entitled to. However, no playing Russian roulette with the IRS is not a good idea. You know, and one other thing, I know we're getting close on time, but people got to watch out for what's big in New York State right now is online gambling. DraftKings, um, all these Caesars have the, it's legal in New York State. So I think we're going to see a lot of kids, and I mean kids because it's 18, you can start gambling online that may think, oh, nothing of it, but if they don't report their gambling winnings, that's right. That could be open up another can of worms. Right. So you can you can receive winnings of ten thousand dollars with losses of thirteen, but you still have to report the ten and the losses go someplace else, right? Right, right. And that's only okay, up to your well, winnings. Okay. Um I'm Esther Gullius, the tax lady from EG Tax. If you want the best tax help, EG Tax is there to help you. We have 32 area offices to serve you. We're also in uh, Naples, Florida, and in uh, Prescott, Arizona. I don't know how that happened, but it did. And uh, if you need uh, tax help, you can go to our website at egtax.com. You can go to Ask the Tax Lady. I'll be very happy to answer any of your questions. But more than anything, um, we're thankful that uh, you listen. We're thankful for you to for us to be able to serve you. We pray that you have a wonderful uh, Christmas and a happy new year. And until uh, till next year, I'm Esther Gullius, the tax lady, with Christopher Fabian. Have a great holiday. Bye bye. E-G-T.